Hi, I'm Kate. And I'm Mandy. And this is Love Sober. The podcast for the sober and sober curious. Hi and welcome back to Love Sober, the podcast for the sober and sober curious. And today it's me, Kate, and I am absolutely delighted to be joined by Shani. Have I said that? I'm not going to say it right, am I? You've got it. You've got it, Kate. Hugo Wurlitzer and Alexandra Pope, who are co-directors of the Red School. And we'll dive into what the Red School is and what you do and why it's awesome in a bit. Uh, They're also co-authors of Wild Power, um, which speaks to women's menopause. I can't remember the full title, but we'll put it in the show notes. It's Wild Power, Discover the Magic of the Menstrual Cycle and Awaken the Feminine Path to Power. Amazing. I can't wait to dive into all this with you today, having um, just been through, the well, sort of in the perimenopause, mm, tinkering with the menopause, and also many women on our community um, and people that we're in touch with. And knowing that it's, it's kind of, the struggle is real, but at the same time, wanting to celebrate it as well and embrace it. it. And, um, and I'm really wanting to sort of dive into this today with Jani and with Alexandra, because they are, you know, they're real experts in this area and work with this area. Um, and obviously we're coming up to National Menopause Day. So we're going we're gonna to just go in and dive straight in, really. Um, so, Alexandra, could you tell me a bit about why uh, conscious menopause is so vital obviously most of our uh, listeners are sober and sober curious and generally female cisgendered female why this is so important for us as women uh, thank you very much Kate um, well menopause is a big life event on all levels of our being from the spiritual to the physical And what's going to happen at menopause is, you know, you're coming to an ending, you're coming to an ending of your menstrual cycle years. But within that, there's a whole process of course, you're coming to the end of your fertile in inverted commas years in the sense that you can't have physical babies anymore, but you're not coming to the end of your creative fertility, that's going to kick off on the other side. However, for those that for, for whom that's very important, this is a big crisis moment. Also, it's a huge marker of the fact that we're getting older and in our culture there's just such negativity around older women although that is changing but you know as I like to say men gain eminence grease as they get older (laughs) but somehow we seem to fall off the radar (laughs) and we become less relevant I mean it's a freaking outrage to me (laughs) I have never felt more in charge more empowered you know I'm in my 60s now and and more relevant in many ways uh it's 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 huge that 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 should happen and then there is within all that so there's, there's that sort of societal thing there's the thing around our fertility but there is this big psychological process that we go through and really it's like a death and a rebirth, just putting it really bluntly. It's like you, it's almost like you feel, because you also feel like your body is changing. Your body is going to change with the change in the hormones. And that can be really unnerving for people. It's just such a marker that 
really in a way ultimately you know of change but ultimately of death the big death at the end of it all you know of your mortality you're sort of coming up against yourself and whenever we have moments of coming up against ourselves that's when we face the big life questions you know about ourselves about our lives and that's what happens at menopause there's this big sort of psychological death process we go through in which we question everything and um and have to rethink who we are. And if you are not conscious of that process, Kate, and, and in some sense prepared for it, and we can talk about what that means in a moment, preparing for it, um, then it can feel like a real crisis. It can feel to some, and I'm going to use quite a strong word, but sort of catastrophic, and it's not meant to be. It's absolutely not meant to be. And it, it is challenging, but if you're prepared, you're readied. And it's, in a way, all our work at Red School is around um, uh, changing the conversation about menopause, but in that act of helping uh, women to feel dignified, to feel that this is a step into a new consciousness, a new sense of themselves, a new, an evolution into a new type of power that they're using all of which is very, very positive and empowering. So, however, to get to that sort of promised land, as we like to say, you've got to go through this freaking workout. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're exhausted, which far too many mm. of us are, you know, women are, you just do not want to turn up at menopause exhausted. It's just deadly. But if you're exhausted and if you've got health challenges already, just in general, it's it's sort of like a perfect storm mm. of exhaustion, health challenges and menopause all coming together. And it's not a good look, you know, it's not a good experience. Mm. But we can do something about that. So I love what you said. So there's so many things I want to to pull out from there, and I hear I really definitely hear that that you know that exhaustion and why that's particular, uh, particularly relevant for sort of us now, modern women, and and when we're having babies later as well. Because I know exactly. I'm hitting my menopause, and I've still got one in primary school who I just had to drop off and rush back and get on for for this after and anyway. Blah blah, but also, and I wonder if Shani could to to ask you, Shani. You know, we, you mentioned about preparing women. You know, how do we prepare for it? And I wonder if you could tell us a bit about how you help women prepare for menopause. How do we prepare for men? And let's talk about peri as well, because I know a lot of our listeners are are in that peri situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, how we prepare. So Alexandra sort of set the context and said, you know, it's it's menopause is a, a great sort of death and rebirth. So really, how does one prepare for death? Mm. <laughs> how does one pre- prepare for great change? Um, so not turning up exhausted, I think, is a really good place for us to start the conversation. You know, what what helps us to arrive at menopause with something in our tank, with some sense of resource and capacity to face the, ch- the challenge um, that menopause, you know, that menopause brings up. So we, 
teach a practice called menstrual cycle awareness at Red School. And menstrual cycle awareness is the practice of noticing where you are in your menstrual cycle on any given day and being um, attentive to the quality of mood and energy that you're experiencing on any given day. And really respecting that, letting that be a signpost to what you're needing and how to go about your day, the kinds of choices you make, the things you do, the things you don't do. So instead of overriding your system, uh, going against your energy, going against your inclination, you're actually working with that intelligence. So the menstrual cycle is a cyclical intelligence in our body. So it has really built into it um, the, the brilliance of sustainability. We all know how crucial sustainability is to longevity, to wellness, to joy, to feeling good. So the menstrual cycle is um, a sustainable rhythmic pattern built into our body. And when we practice menstrual cycle awareness, we learn how to live sustainably. Um, and so many of us have not been taught this. So many of us um, have been really taught the opposite, in fact, to override our nature to override our cyclicity to override our natural tendency because it really doesn't fit into uh, the way society is organized which is much more linear uh, has a real emphasis on um, you know uh, drive and pushing and um, go go going and the mm. more the better and actually the menstrual cycle teaches us something different. It teaches us really that there is a time for activity. There is a time for rest. There is a time for pushing. There's a time for letting go. So when we practice cycle awareness, uh, Kate, it's just the most profound way of pacing your nervous system, managing your stress levels, learning to care for yourself and creating a kind of, I want to say, a... a a happy ecology in mm. your system so when you arrive at menopause there's something in the tank you've got you you firstly you're skilled up on self-care you've got a nervous system that has um uh, uh some uh resilience uh in it and you're not exhausted so mm. that's really the, the kind of number one way to prepare and uh, I, guess, I guess Alexandra's got some I, no I love that and I love what you I just want to pick up on the fact that you refer to our menstrual cycles and obviously we're talking about men and we're talking about this preparation as intelligence mm. and so often we're taught it's an in, just inconvenience mm -hmm. but what you sounds like what you're saying is if we use that is an intelligence as flags flags and markers exactly. of how to tune in and live better and respect our energy levels that's actually a serving us is going to be a gift right exactly it's sustainable Kate. and when in our age of burnout and all the rest of it exactly Kate. the tools yeah exactly and so just coming to this piece you mentioned about perimenopause so you know, our cycles uh, in our early years, you know, in our 20s and 30s, are we're using this um, analogy of signposts. Our cycle is kind of much more forgiving. It says, hey, 
you need to rest now. And, you know, you might be able to get away with sort of not resting when you need to, when you're in your 20s and 30s. But the signposts are much more forgiving. <laughs> Come your 40s, uh, those signposts are more like red flags. And when you need to rest, my goodness, you need to rest. You know, it's like heed the call. Your cycle is so much um, more uncompromising in your 40s. And if you... Uh, there's a much more kind of subtle, delicate um, bandwidth, really, in your whole system. So you're having to play a much tighter game with yourself. Your self-care has got to be super sharp, um, really non-negotiable. You've got to get much stronger with your boundaries. Um, you, you can't take so many shortcuts. And so much of the distress that people experience in their 40s, that many people call perimenopause, all the symptoms that happen, um, are because, you know, we haven't been taught about cycle awareness and we aren't quite, we don't quite know how to stay that close to ourselves. And it's a real, you know, it's a challenge. I mean, in, in the world we live in, <laughs> to practice yeah. cycle awareness in that way. Yeah. I mean, just want to just pick up, you know, because of the our listeners being sober and sober curious or in recovery or whatever um, language listeners are, you know, individually using. Um, I mean, we we've noticed we noticed so much that women tended. Well, I know that I always thought I didn't have PMT because I used to um, my drinking would peak around that time so I thought it didn't exist I was very unsisterly and when I stopped drinking it was almost like a well you know we talk about it being like a welcome mat to intentional living because we weren't masking anything it's like oh I can hear I can hear the subtle vibrations and the not so subtle cycles <laughs> um and I'm just really interested you know you picked up that piece about about self-care and I don't know if you know and, and I open this to to both of you um but how can we practically then apply this self-care like what does self-care practically mm. look like in your perimenopausal years in given that we live in an unforgiving environment often you know with officers and you know, school runs and, you know, these, this, this stuff that is going to, you know, our real taxations mm -hmm. on our time, energy and nervous system. What would your tips be about that? Johnny, do you, do you want to? Yeah, yeah I can, yeah, I can, I can speak to this because I'm in my mid forties and like Kate, uh, like you, I, children in primary school too and I run a business, and, and, and. So mm. how do I practice cycle awareness and what does self-care look like for me? It's, uh, it's very real um, in the sense that it's not idyllic or fantastical. <laughs> it's not what I ultimately want. I'll be completely honest with you. <laughs> it's like, survival, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, so so I'll, I'll give you a real life example. So Kate, you know, menstruation is the classic time where our systems want to drop and let go. And, um, you know, I feel a deep need to retreat from the world and not have responsibilities and not be interfacing with everyday stuff to kind of just go offline and, and go into my own world. And um, 
So my fantasy would be to uh, just close the door and walk out of my family and go into some beautiful spot in nature and just spend two days in complete silent retreat and not think about a damn thing and not care for anyone. Oh, yeah. will I talk about it? Oh, I just salivated the thought of it, Kate. <laughs> Anyhow, I've pulled that off once this year. And it was amazing. Okay, so you can do it. You know, we call this a big bleed experience where you plan and you really give yourself that like deep drop. But for the rest of the time, um, it looks like me negotiating with my life and seeing where I can cut corners, who I can ask for help, calling on help from other people. I mean, hey, you know, this is a really difficult thing for many people to do, but it's absolutely essential. So, you know, I'm asking my husband to take care of dinner, dishes, putting the kids to bed so I can mm -hmm. have the evening off. Or I'm cancelling a work commitment that I, I know I can get away with cancelling. Or I'm going to bed a bit earlier. So I'm really just cutting corners and I'm finding ways to do, I'm paying close attention to my nervous system and I'm finding ways of um, really just regulating myself. So it might even be instead of getting out of my car and chatting to the other parents at school drop off, I'm just going to stay in my car that day and not talk to anyone and be completely antisocial, wear my dark glasses and you know, look yeah, away. look after yeah. your senses in a way, isn't it? That's exactly. like, okay, I'm not going to have any more noise than I need to. I'm going to Exactly. Limit the lights. I'm gonna exactly. whatever that is to bring your nervous system. Exactly. It's all yeah. the small things, Kate, that makes such a big difference. So you're just changing the kind of texture of your day, really, and that makes a huge, huge difference. So you know, when we can't have the big things, it's all the little, the many, many mm. little things that add up and make such a difference. Do you know? I love that because I often feel like you know, I, I coach. Uh, now it's one of the things I did in the last few years was was trained as a coach and um, and around nervous system regulation um, and often I we're dealing with people think that those you know it's got to be getting to a yoga class to bring the nervous system down to regulate it's got to be like you said I love the big bleed mm. uh, I actually did that at the end of the mm. summer holiday I went I I just said I've got to go I, I literally, mm. and I went to uh, my neighbor's shepherd's hut Amazing. and it, there was nothing there. There was literally nothing there. And I woke up before dawn and there were bats and I saw the sunrise and I didn't speak to a soul for 24 hours. And I went back and I was like, I'm not going to kill my family. And I'm literally not going to murder you all in your sleep. Yeah. <laughs> and it was mm. such a go. It was, but yeah, so I actually pulled that off as well myself this year. But um, but yeah, so these sort of almost micro, micro adjustments, and that takes us being, like you said, conscious of the cycle. For me, it means I have to be sober because otherwise I can't hear my little prodromes going off. I can't hear the little red flags. This I go, I need to make it go quiet so I can hear. Um, so it's interesting. There's a lot of, I think, in terms of crossover here. Um, yeah, in terms of, of sustainable living, then sustainable sobriety, because we're not outsourcing. Could be sugar, could be busyness, could be whatever. Um, and so, and I, I yeah, I, I, I hear that that is, that those are the kind of steps that intentional tuning in 
the more information, the more intelligence we have around our own cycles, the more we're going to be able to plan, ask for help, resource, rest. Um, and so and so that brings me to then asking you, Alexandra, because obviously we're going to talk about the menopause. So supposing we've got some of this in place, we've become curious um, out of a probably a necessity because we started feeling horrendous in our 40s or something. No, just me. No, not just me. Um, and so with now we're going into the menopause. So, so, so walk us through that then this this bit of the journey. I'd love to, Kate. And there's one very important piece that comes out of this cycle awareness work, which is this deepening connection to yourself. You know, you're doing all this lovely um, self-soothing, you know, managing your nervous system, energy, etc. But at the heart of that, what you're doing is you are cementing a connection with yourself that gets stronger and stronger each month. And, you know, that shows up around boundaries, about knowing who you are, you know, where your boundaries end and someone else's begin. And, and this is so crucial coming up to menopause, this, this thread into yourself getting stronger and stronger and stronger. So you're sort of rooted in something. And, you know, if I think of my own menopause journey, because I never used that term perimenopause, and I had had horrendous menstrual problems early on in my life. And that's how all this work that we do at Red School unfolded. So, but I had done this huge amount of work of healing my body and had really good health care practices in place. And, and of course had cycle awareness at the heart of it. And I felt myself evolve into menopause. It wasn't this great sort of, you know, shock or sort of um, overwhelm. It was this sort of stepping up or stepping down into something. And I remember at 48 getting very clear sort of instructions to myself almost of what I needed to do. A big life change, you know. I was living in Australia and I suddenly realized it was over and I was, you know, to come back to uh, UK and live. And I was a psychotherapist. I'd been in private practice for years. And this voice said, you know, it's over. It's over. You're stop it. I'm in a holy bajoli. What am I going to do? <laughs> and, but, and, and it was almost like I got my um, instructions for menopause. You see, I was connected to myself. I mm -hmm. heard these little comments come in and I paid attention. And it took me seven years to put that into place. And I, at the end of the seven years, I was coming out of menopause. So throughout my menopause, I was just quietly sort of putting all these elements into place. So there was this whole kind of psychological, because you change everything at menopause, by the way, you just change everything. It's, that's the rule of menopause change. <laughs> so you've got to get ready for it. You mm. see? And if you're connected to yourself, you'll feel yourself sort of evolved into that change. So um, I, and all the things, because we're writing a book on menopause at the moment, which is coming out next year, and, you know, all the things that I write about the sort of psycho-spiritual process we go through, I was experiencing but I felt readied for it. It's so interesting when you are prepared for menopause um, and you, know, you have this connection to yourself and, and you are taking care of yourself at that basic level. It's almost like you can feel the cogs of your biology shifting, you know, and literally feeling the cogs of you being evolved or changed into the menopause dynamic and then through menopause and out the other side. So I felt 
almost sort of held in a process. And yes, I went through a huge self-examination, which is just top of the list of what happens. You question everything about your life and you want to release everything mm. and step away from everything, you know, burn the house, as we like to say. Um, and <laughs> yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and um, I, I could feel myself, you know, going through all those elements. But because I was inside myself when I arrived at menopause, I could somehow meet it. I was buffered. I was provoked and challenged, but there was something in my system. There was a physical chi, but there was a sort of psychological muscle, I suppose, um, to meet it. And I have to say something very, very important here. I do not have children. So, you know, I am, I, I could be completely my own person because I didn't have children to sort of, you know, worry about or take to primary school or anything like that. And yes, I had my work and, you know, I had, I was self-employed. That There's always work if you're self-employed. Um, and I actually interestingly wrote a book or co-authored a book through uh, my menopause, but I was in my own stream. I could stay in my own bubble. And this was a real privilege to have this. And I had some resources, you know, I wasn't without, I mean, I lived simply, but I, I you know, I had money in the bank and, I felt sort of supported in that sense. And that's terribly important mm. because I'm very, very, very conscious that it's all very well to say arrive at menopause rested, but you know, many women are doing double shifts, you know, they're not supported, you know, they've got the day job and they've got family in the evening and they don't have the supports in place they need. So it makes it much harder. So yes, in a way, I was kind of a model of someone who's well supported, who's done her, their preparation. Yeah. And, um, you know, I have health challenges, um, but I, because I'd had such great, um, um, you know, self-care practices in place, it, it wasn't an issue. It's so interesting. interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think the sort of, almost the physical side of it we kind of we, we we are becoming we're more aware of aren't we and I think it is more of a a conversation that we're having there's been a few books sort of recently about you know the new hot there was a Meg Matthews wasn't there and how to boss the midlife there's been more sort of almost in that journalistic metro kind of world of um so which is great because it's obviously it reaches it reaches wide and far and we can start being open about it but I am in very much interested in this kind of almost like the, the rite of passage yes um and you 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 mentioned something about you know the, okay there's the physical fertility but there's a creative fertility and I wonder how well there's two things from what you said if we could pick up how can women who are busy what practically they can do to look after themselves and then maybe we could come back to this kind of the 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 the, the soul part of it the creative um yeah the the, the rite of passage on a kind of a deeper level the psycho-spiritual yeah. like you said so the practical uh, first how do we get ourselves in shape enough to actually experience some of the psycho-spiritual stuff in a positive way 
Shani, do you, I, I, Shani, would you like to speak to the practical stuff? I'm just thinking of the menopause triage. Mm. And then I could speak to that sort of soul piece. Mm -hmm. mm. I could throw my two pence worth in. But... Yeah. <clears throat> I think um, <laughs> I was talking to somebody recently about it. And she was like, how? How do I? How do I? get through menopause and stay sane yes <laughs> and I said and I said there is one word <laughs> and you're probably not gonna like it <laughs> and it is rest <laughs> rest 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 and rest and rest some more and actually just saying that I think um could be irritating or annoying to a lot of people so I think what Alexandra is going to follow with is going to help to give that some context, but I'll preface it by uh, really just putting menopause um, back into the kind of life cycle, if you like. So if you think about, you know, your, your menstruating years uh, culminating in menopause, you've lived a long life by the time you get to menopause. And, you know, menopause is like, um, an inner winter in your life. It is a time of um, really dropping back and dropping in and going to rest so that things can compost and be reconstituted really. So, you know, knowing that, knowing that it's, an, uh, it's a winter time in your life, then suddenly helps to sort of make sense of and give um, a little bit more weight to this idea of rest. It's like there is a physical, psychological, spiritual imperative and necessity through menopause to have rest as the dominant tone. Like that is the thing that's needed. So, you know, again, I'll say just very, very, very much like, uh, you know, how, you, how one practices cycle awareness in the real world, how one gets the rest one needs going through menopause when, you know, you're juggling, you know, I don't know what you do, you might be running a country, raising children, whatever, looking after <laughs> old parents, chances are, if you're a woman, you're doing a lot. <laughs> because women are so capable we're so brilliant um, but this is the time really in your life where um, it's time to start cutting back you know to prune some of the responsibilities wherever wherever you can and so much like um, what I was saying about menstrual cycle awareness there's the ideal fantasy you probably want to you know disappear off the planet you know you probably want to burn the house so you don't have to look after the house you probably want to kill the children so you don't have to look after the children <laughs> you know all those impulses to destroy are really yeah. to, to to strip back the weight of responsibility and all the things that are demanding your time and attention so you know there's the ideal fantasy um and then there's what we call the one percent which is what are the small things you can do in your everyday life that are going to be just webbing this quality of restedness into your life ever, ever more? Um, yeah, so Alexandra, for example, has a nap 
every day after lunch, you know. So that might be a new little rhythm that you bring into your world. So those are the kinds of things. So really just looking for what small ways, what little 1% shifts you can make that uh, will give you rest and time alone. So rest and time alone really rest are. Rest and time alone. Those are the hand yeah. in hand. They're the, um, they're the like the precious commodities. Yeah. Really. The space is advocating as much as you can for those precious commodities, which I also think is going to bring up boundaries because people have not used to to you asking often because it's inconvenient exactly. for those people that you're exactly i love to pick up on this Kate. <laughs> this is this is what what women don't realize when they go through menopause is this this extraordinary superpower that kicks in mm. i call it the power of no <laughs> yeah you, you just have it in in bucket loads and you and you want to draw on it um you are just going to say no more often because mm. actually you were just alluding to it there that you know we just do so much for everyone and, and and people will always come to you and ask you to do things and your new answer is no sorry I'm not available love it and you stop. don't have to explain full stop yeah no, nothing more full stop no no sorry full stop absolutely deadpan face you know or you can just add i'm busy and, then, <laughs> yeah. and in your own mind doing nothing <laughs> yeah freaking yeah. nothing so it is this new kind of ruthlessness that comes in because your life is at stake your sanity is at stake and you're not going to compromise on it and this no is a no compromise voice that is just organically there at menopause it's extraordinary how these boundaries come up and you're going to use that and you're not going to be loved for it because everybody is is going for a ride on you and now they can't go for a ride on you so their world is interrupted hello, they've got to grow up too. Everyone is growing up at menopause. Yeah, and it's an my husband can attest to that. Yes, exactly. And, you know, especially with partners, and, and my heart goes out to them. We've got a whole chapter in the book on relationships. It's just so important, this, because, of course, um, they, you know, if they have invested a lot of their emotional life in you, if you're pulling away, one, they feel rejected, but that's their emotional life going down the gurgler with you. And so they've got to do their own inner work. And if, if they're not into that, then that's a problem. And these things have to be negotiated. That's why relationships can get a little bit rocky and difficult. But if a relationship is sturdy coming into menopause, then you've got skills to be able to navigate this. And we have, you know, nice stories in the book about this. And we have stories where relationships have ended because of this. So um, you are, um, you're going to have newfound boundaries and to, to just say no more often. And I tell you, this 1% that Shani mentioned is so powerful because you make one shift and you're going to notice something else and it's going to be 2% and then it's going to be 4%. It's just a given that that happens. Yeah. And that, and honestly, that means that 4% is going to feel huge to your psyche. And then, of course, you're going to want a bit more and you're going to get smarter. And, we have and they're going to get more used to it, too. Oh, yes, you get used That's to it. Because exactly. the, the, the ecosystem is changing around you as you cultivate your know. 
exactly. I'm going to run with it. Yeah. Yes, that's that's right. It becomes the new normal. Mm. And and we have this lovely word that we use. We say to women, you are going to practice the art of snudging. Ooh. And snudging, this is what snudging means. It means looking like you're ticking all the boxes. And you are. I mean, you're, you're doing absolutely the minimum of what you have to do to get by. Butter would not melt in your mouth, you know, you look, yes, yes, you know, you are doing the job, but you are doing the job to just the level of, well, the job is done and it's yeah. okay. 30% instead of yes. 80% effort. Yeah. You are it's not, you're dropping the perfectionism and mm -hmm. snudging is so great. <laughs> it's just so freaking great to do. So that's the other thing that we I make. love that because we are so often, you know, there is a real gendered piece in that about us being perfect you know the inner perfectionist the approval seeker the be yes. you know the human giver syndrome you know all of that that gendered piece which like you're saying when we're we're knackered and we're well and we actually have some needs here thank you very much so that's not going to wash and it sounds like what you're saying is this how a sort of wise physiologies are ticking into place like a kicking into place to actually provide that by saying the no Yes. But with mm -hmm. this, but this awareness, we can work. We can work. We can boss the no. We can't just just like have to say it as we're screaming <laughs> and burning the house down. We can get more skillful. That's mm -hmm. the point. You know, if you're more present with yourself, you use that no. But if you're not conscious of what's happening, then you just become, a, you know, a reactive. You know, sort of distractive. Distractive. Yeah. yeah. Whereas, if you're inside yourself, you can really utilize this energy. And I have to emphasize again, you're not necessarily going to be loved for it because mm. you are disturbing other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just want to share something with you. Yes. Uh, it was interesting about as someone who's had to learn about boundaries. I often um, in my early sobriety, I've been on, the, on this journey for about eight years now. I would always, it would often be like, oh, I've just passed through one. There it was back there. Oh, shit. Do you know what I mean? And then they get, got closer and closer. And, and then I started sensing them as, as I become, became more skillful. I was able to, you know, sense boundaries around me and, and be more intentional with them. So, but yesterday I, did, I didn't manage it. Um, and my husband wanted us to go to Tesco together. It's just such a mundane night, every boring. So the dog needed walking. Um, my daughter wanted to go out on her skateboard. So we were like, okay. And so my husband said, well, I, and my least favorite thing in the whole world has always been going into the supermarket with the, the whole family. It's like, literally, I, I can't cope. I can't cope with it. But now being you know, having these almost like heightened sensory needs. Like I was like, is it really bright out here? Like it's too bright for me. And the, all the machines in the supermarket were, it was like they were all robots speaking at me. Like I was literally not, you know, rabbit in headlights. And I got to the till and then my husband went off and said he'd forgotten something. So suddenly I had to pay and I had to find my club card I had to the woman was telling me something about putting the, the thing in the machine my daughter was asking me something about chewing gum and I was trying to do it all and my brain was going into meltdown and then my husband came back and he'd said oh you've already paid but I went and I'd forgotten that he'd even gone 
I literally forgot. I, don't, I was like, I didn't have a husband at that moment. And then I said, oh, I said, oh, sorry. I was like, you know, Ella's talking to me. This lady's talking to me. I, I literally can't concentrate. And he went, well, it is hard, you know, and, and said that to me, right? At that moment, he was like, anyway, you should have seen it. I went ballistic in the car when we got out. I was like, that's the most unhelpful thing you can say in that, in the moment. Um, and then I, I took myself off for all the whole afternoon by myself. <laughs> I was like, that's it. That's it. I need to go and I need to go and calm myself down. So I, I did. But like, if I think also, if I had said I'm not going to Tesco in the first place and just, do you know what I mean? It's like, cause mm-hmm. I knew, Absolutely. Yeah, I yeah. knew. And so anyway, I managed to go, I don't know, I've really gone on on, on that one, but I, I kind of wanted to illustrate, but also what kicked off for me at that moment was quite a lot of shame that I had to mm-hmm. catch about why is this so hard for me? Why can't I do this? I'm out of control. Mm-hmm. You know, I should have said no. I should have noticed there was a boundary and I couldn't. I felt actually felt really quite distressed in that moment. Mm-hmm. In a way wow. that things weren't hard for me 10 years ago, five, 10 years ago, two years ago, that those are now. And that's yeah. all the things we're talking about in a way. Sure. I'm so glad you shared that story because for me, it's 100% relatable. Like I have been exactly there. I could have told that story myself, <laughs> but I love it. And uh, as you were speaking, I'm so glad you mentioned uh, the shame and, you know, that thing of what's wrong with me. Because what I've noticed, but so I, I, I'm still cycling and I, that kind of experience would happen to me in the premenstruum, you know, kind of leading up to just before I bleed. And I might also have overshot my boundary or have had no choice and have had to have gone to the supermarket for whatever reason there was no And the thing that has been so profound for me, and this is why when we talk about cycle awareness, and indeed it's the same with conscious menopause, as being uh, a very powerful means to disarming shame, is because (laughs) I have experiences like that now, and I know why I'm having that experience. It's because of where I am in my cycle and it is absolutely makes sense to me because I know that I am in a heightened state of sensitivity at that point. I am not meant to be dealing with mundane things and not meant to be multitasking and managing money and cards and I am not meant to be exposing myself to all that stimulation. It's absolutely not what I am needing at that time I'm needing the complete opposite so when I start to get hot and sweaty and I can't feel like I can't cope I'm able to be so incredibly kind with myself now because um it 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 all makes sense it's absolutely okay and um you know your husband's comment in a way is the voice of our culture Mm -hmm. that says we should be capable and blah 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 all the time and actually the 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 new culture that grows through cycle awareness is one that says no we're different at different times and this doesn't make us uh, pathetic useless or whatever mm. whatever the case might be this makes us 
cyclical. Mm. <laughs> it makes us no, I'd love to come in here, Shani, because of yes. this thing of capability. We have a different type of intelligence exactly. operating. Exactly. There's another power. Yes, mm. you've got this more expanded consciousness, which is. I mean, I'd love to, to segue into the sort of soul piece now, because this is what this is about. It's this expanded consciousness. Mm. Um, at menopause, you actually, what you step into each month at menstruation, at menstruation, you step into an expanded consciousness where you're more permeable to, it's like you have 360 degree awareness instead of just sort of tunnel vision straight ahead. And you're more open to everything and to sort of spiritual forces as well. And um, uh, at menopause, you go through that same dynamic, but this is the new normal for you, this expanded consciousness. You're, you're not coming back to that mundane reality anymore. You're, you, you, you're going to have one foot in this expanded realm, and then you do need to have a foot in the mundane world <laughs> to be able to operate. But your consciousness is greatly expanded. And... Um, but initially in menopause, this is too much information. It's like it's overwhelming because your psyche is not um, aligned with it yet. It's not sort of attuned. It's a process. And, and the process of menopause is the process of acclimatizing to this new intelligence, this new consciousness you have. And um, we spoke about this word creative earlier. Mm. And... Um, I was I was riffing actually with my sister-in-law in the summer about this. And she says, oh, she says, I just have this creative imagination now. She says, it's like creative fireworks, my brain. You know, she's on fire, you know, she's got her own business going and she's and it's going really well, and she's got so many ideas. And um, she's not worried, you know, because initially when you go through menopause, it feels like you are losing your mind because you lose, yes, you don't remember things in the same way. I say, don't get worked up about that just let someone else remember it you've got another kind of imagination at work um, you've got this sort of creative faculty that opens up and um, you just have you're tuning into you know what your real calling is what your life is really meant to be about and how to serve that and uh, you, you just get so many wonderful ideas and inspirations come in and um, it's, it's incredibly exciting. And it's just a very, very expansive sort of mind. But, and, and I'm, I'm highly sensitive and, um, and I'm very thoughtful about the places I put myself in, mm. but I am not less effective. Mm. I just work in a different way. And I think this is really, really, really important mm. to emphasize. You know, you in that moment were in the wrong bloody place. You shouldn't have been. <laughs> so was. You shouldn't have bloody country. You know, cards and, you know, someone bringing something back. Your brain in that moment was not wired for that. It was wired for a very different type of consciousness that you couldn't access because you were having to deal with this mundane world. But if you'd been off by your side, you'd have been having a wholly different experience and perhaps, you know, many wonderful inspirations, insights. And ideas. I'd have been in a shepherd's hut splitting the atom, but in a female way. Exactly. Instead, I had to be buying pants for people in Tesco's. I'm oh my God. They don't know my bloody greatness. That's their that's their problem. That's, no, but I know. So brilliant. 
I, I think I'm going to have to quote you. Better <laughs> in the female way. <laughs> but I love, yeah, and I, and I. It sounds. I mean, what we're, you know, we're coming to. I guess is that, you know, the patriarchy, the twenty four seven, the, you know, and and her story and and, and the female experience and really the more we can kind of carve out those spaces, connect with other women going through that, to have spaces, you know, to, to share um, is, is very important. You know, it's like, so we have this need to retreat and it's, I hear what you're saying about, and I love what you said about, we're doing, we're, we're being wired slightly differently at, at that point. It's almost reminding me of, you know, one of my children identifies as neurodiverse and the conditions that he needs and the way his mind ticks is entirely different. He's a genius artist and musician, really not doing well in the school system. He needs a, you know, there's a different intelligence at work. And what you're sort of saying is that that, that, that different intelligence, you know, ideally, needs different conditions and the challenges we ha have is the, the 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 stuff of our life you know whether mm -hmm. we are you know when it's gonna exactly it's gonna be uh, you know our income is gonna dictate that as well there's a sort of intersection piece isn't there and there's that mm -hmm. thinking about how we support our women on a societal level mm -hmm. And a cultural level at this, and I did notice that who said it is? Do you know because I because of my brain at the moment, I'm going to call him Mo Farah. That is not the mayor of London. <laughs> who's our bloody Boris. mayor? No, and sorry, no. Who's the other one? The one that isn't. Um, is it, isn't uh, it Sadiq Khan? Sadiq, right? So yeah, Sadiq, thank you. They <laughs> see this is like this is typical. No, sorry, I can't remember names of toffee. So Sadiq Khan recently yeah, said yeah, you that could split the atom. You could, I could split, split the atom. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> names. No, no, you don't do names anymore. <laughs> totally agree with you, Kate. Not Boris Johnson, though. He's not. I don't think he's a friend of the. Been promoted. No, um, but yeah, Sadiq Khan recently said that, didn't he? That he wanted to do something in the workplace around menopausal women needed to have time off and there was this sort of discussion a few weeks ago and I we, would have thought that that was ridiculous a few years time. ago but now I'm like okay I get mm -hmm. it yeah you mm -hmm. we, we we just need more spaciousness and flexibility around our mm -hmm. time we're no less brilliant yeah mm -hmm. no less brilliant yeah, yeah. Uh, and actually we, we do advocate for a menopause sabbatical, you know, like women get maternity leave when they have a baby, um, you know, the idea of it being part of the rhythm of work life, yeah. that you have time out um, at menopause is just, it would be such a profound support for women. Um, and as you say, I think also just more conversations, more support mm. between women and amongst women who are understanding this. and. Mm. It, that makes such a difference. Um, you know, we run a menopause um, online course every year and it brings, you know, two or 300 women together. And there's this just incredible sense of, um, yeah, what's the word? I, you know, I want to say camaraderie or um, belonging that people mm. feel when they realize that the experience they're having, that there's nothing wrong with it that it is actually all part of a, mm. a natural process and that others 
are experiencing something similar. It's yeah. And that's when's that's coming making. up, isn't that? At the end of October, did you say? Yes, that's right. We run it in uh, late late October, November every year. I love yes. that, and that seems to fit with that inner winter kind of exactly you know, going into that. It's a lovely, does, a lovely yeah. inner outer use. And yeah. what was I going to say? Yeah, there was um, because I think there's that thing, isn't there? When women come together as well, I've had this recently. Uh, um, I went to Charleston recently, and and it was about women in illness. It was called Unwell Women throughout the centuries mm-hmm. as an author. And also with a friend of mine, Sharon Waters, who does all female, we did a female workshop she, uh, where we did collages of how we see ourselves. Mm-hmm. And I have a very peculiar experience when I'm in those women's environments of seeing myself completely differently. It's like I, for a split second, I stopped seeing myself from the outside. It's mm. the only way I can describe it. And yeah. so this, this thing of coming together with women, I think is 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 fundamental I really do so I love I love what you're doing I could literally talk to you all day but I'm aware that we've we've kind of come to an hour and we should start to wrap it up but I think this would be so um you know so important and useful for women listening into and I just wonder if we could just summarize with like you know to be journo on you just to do like three top tips from both of you in terms of awareness around either the, the cyclical or the or the menopausal mm-hmm. so Shani do you want to go first um, my three top tips for anybody who's cycling and I think um, just to speak to those in their 40s if your cycle is a little awry uh, and not quite so predictable so regardless of uh, how rhythmic your cycle is number one is to write down the day of your cycle that you're on somewhere, have a, you know an app or a notebook where you, you note your cycle day each day and you note at the end of the day, your mood, energy, tendency needs, um, just so that you are actively consciously tracking it. And it doesn't have to be a big thing, really. It can take just a moment every day. So I'd say that's my number one thing. And um, the second thing I would say is if you are still menstruating, um, play with the possibility of giving yourself some time off, some time out to just having a day or however much you can, however much you can rally for yourself, but actually really dropping, resting at menstruation and just notice, just notice what difference it makes both at the time, but also in the month that follows so that would be my my other tip and my third tip alexandra you take the third cycle tip and i'll take the third menopause tip how about that well, yeah. <laughs> I'm still thinking on the menopause tips give um, a third cycle tip a third cycle tip well i would say strongly if you have got some um cycle challenges going on you know like your cycle is being problematic in some way it's, it's very short or you're getting excessively heavy bleeds or something or you're starting to get some sweats at night go and get um, some holistic support for that really attend to your diet whatever it is but actually attend to that because what you do then is going to now is going to make a difference for menopause it could be heading off menopause symptoms at the pass really mm-hmm. before you get there mm. so 
coming to my top three tips for menopause. All right, you are going to become the queen of ruthlessness. And you are going to look at your diary. Oh no, there's a tip before that one actually, <laughs> which is that you are going to acknowledge to yourself that you are in menopause and that things are going to be different. You are not going to be doing things the same as before because you're going to another planet for a while and, <laughs> and um, you can't do two planets at once. <laughs> no. no. So you're just going to have a chat with yourself first, really. You're going to say to yourself, actually, things are going to be different now. So, so it's very important that to just really acknowledge that. Also, within that first tip of acknowledging yourself is taking your own side, that you're worth it. You deserve to, a menopause is not a sickness, although it can feel like it's not, it's a life transition you're going into, okay? So you just set boundaries for yourself. Um, the second point then is you have to start getting ruthless, okay? You're going to look at your diary and you're going to go, something has to go here. And I'm not leaving this diary until I find out what it is, whether it's your literal diary or a metaphorical diary in your head, whatever it is, you are going to take the most excoriating look at your life and you're going to say, where can I drop stuff? Where can I cut corners? Mm. What, where am I? And also it's really, you're going to notice the things that you don't really want to be doing, but you do them because you do or because you're good at them. But just because you're good at something doesn't mean you have to do it. All right. So ruthlessness is the second point. Ruthlessness with your diary in whatever form. Over to you, Shani. Oh, I'm so curious to know what your third tip would be, Alexandra. And I've been debating the two I'm tossing up between. And I think I'm going to go with um, find yourself someone like a companion, ally, friend, who is also going through menopause oh, yes. and arrange a kind of what we call a listening partnership. It's a, it's a practice that I learned through the organization Hand in Hand, which a lot of parents use and I've used for parenting and cycle awareness. We have instructions about this on our website for anybody who's interested. But a time that is carved out for you just to be heard in your experience of what you're going through without anyone passing comment, questioning, judging, etc., And then you swap over and your partner then gets a chance to speak the truth of their experience. There is something so um, comforting, but also liberating about having a space where you can just speak freely and really connect to yourself through the process of sharing with another very very powerful and I think uh, I think it provides a kind of ballast for you through menopause to have that sense of companionship with someone who's not in your family or in your social group possibly even you know somebody that's sort of slightly outside of your uh, everyday world yeah mm. on our menopause course we actually encourage people so we get people into listening mm. partnerships and it forms just incredible bonds. People people stay in listening partnerships for years. It's beautiful. And where can people find you? We'll put it in the show notes, but but tell us where. 
The simplest way to find us online is at redschool.net. That is our main website. And you can access all our courses and programs, et cetera, through there. And on social media, on Instagram, we're at red.school. And if you Google us, you'll find us on Facebook as well. It's uh, Red School Online on Facebook. Those and are... you're... So, yeah. yeah. And, and your no, that's, book that's is a... called Wild Power. That's the book that you have at the moment. I have yes. a copy. I love it. Uh, it's fabulous and, and and just just quickly before we wrap up because a lot of what I hear in terms of the tips um, and we're talking physical and metaphorical kind of space and rooms almost it's like clearing space in the diary it's like create creating space for yourself creating space for women to come together creating space for listening feels very much about you know, so much of this is about making space, making space for our experience, right? That's right. Oh, gosh. Well done. That's a beautiful summation, Kate. If you have space for your experience, menopause will be transformed. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much, both of you. It's been absolutely amazing to talk to you. So I'm going to wrap it up with our usual, my usual goodbye, which is if you're immediately concerned about your drinking, um, do reach out, send up a info, uh, flare to info at lovesober.com. Find us on the online forums. Soberista still has the anonymous Ask the Doctor service, so you can ask questions there. Just know that you are not alone. And if you're struggling, you know, with the menopause or you want to live more intentionally around the, your cycle, if, if this has spoken to you today, then um, the information of how to connect with Alexandra and, Sh and Shani at the Red School will be on the show notes. And we'll see you next week for more chat. Bye.